live from Long Island, New York. It's the Loftus Party. Hey, I kind of did that. I kind of did my little homage to Saturday Night Live. The live from, I don't even know what neighborhood I'm in in Long Island. It has been the craziest week. It's been the busiest week. It's been a very good week. We've got a great show for you. Right now, I want to talk about our guest. Uh, we got Paul Hare on the show. And you're like, who the hell is Paul Hare? Well, I'll tell you what. You see his name on a lot of the bylines for stuff on theloftestparty.com. He's got a great new book of short stories out, Appalling Stories 2. It's the sequel to, guess what, Appalling Stories 1. We're going to talk to him. Appall- you know, and it just, it just occurred to me, his name is in the title, Paul Hare, Appalling Stories. So he'll be joining us in a little bit. We're going to talk to him. Uh, it, that's great. And then I want to say uh, hello to all the new listeners. I want to say thank you to everyone who's like now friended us on Facebook, all the new YouTube subscribers. You guys, it's going very well. It's going very well. And I'll tell you this, uh, the Patreon. We got a couple of people on uh, on Patreon, and that's fantastic. I can't thank you enough. And I'll tell you, you know who you are. You know who you are. But we need to figure out what your T-shirt size is, buddy. We got to figure out. Or a mug, or a set of oh, underpants, or pajamas. Right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let him pick. I will reach out to you. Uh, but thank you to everyone uh, who's contributing. It's super exciting because now uh, there's actually like a little, a little bit of uh, there's some, there's some monies there. So I'm like, okay, so we could probably run an ad here and boost this, and it's very exciting. Soon, we'll be buying office buildings. We'll be buying office buildings in downtown Los Angeles, and people like. Why do you still have a Patreon? You just, you just bought an office building. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it's very exciting. Yeah, this is all, I just want to be upfront. It's, it's all going back into uh, promotions and desperately, desperately needed things to, to grow the site and grow awareness and all that stuff. So you're awesome people, and I love you. Okay, I don't want to, like, uh, waste any more time. I'll give you my little update later as we go on throughout the show. I'm in New York. I was doing stand-up. Uh, I was hanging out with, well, I, I, I did uh, Fox and Friends a couple times. I was in studio. That was super exciting. That was lots of fun. Uh, and if you if you watch the Fox and Friends, you got you got the Brian Kilmeade. He's a great dude. He came out to see me do stand-up. He came out to the Late Show on Friday at Governor's. But those people are, it's not an act. Like you, you watch them in the morning. Like, okay, they're super nice. But that 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 Ainsley Earhart is like the nicest person on the planet. Steve Ducey, awesome dude. Like, I had a great time. And then I got invited back. I did the weekend show. Uh, Pete Hegseth, fantastic dude. And uh, oh my gosh, I'm I'm forgetting. Uh, Jedediah Bila. She is. She's exactly what you think. She's fantastic. Ed Henry was a really great dude. I, I, I had an absolute blast. I had an absolute blast. They asked me back for uh, Monday. And, and I just, uh, I got a plane ticket. I'm going home. The deplorable tour kicks off this later. So I, uh, sadly, I, I had to say that I couldn't do it. But I was, I'd love to. I'd go in there. I'd, I'd, I'd love to be a member of the Fox and Friends family. <laughs> I, they got a great coffee machine. Uh, the green room is awesome. There were donuts. I'm in. I don't know what else I need. So uh, the the big thing with those guys over the weekend, and I think most of America, uh, was this uh, green New Deal from Alexandria Ocasio Cortez and a couple of like real weirdos. 
And it's like the most ridiculous thing ever. My joke uh, that I was doing for uh, the the latest YouTube video was like, did anybody like read this? Did anybody actually look at this before they released it to the public? Because it is just so insane. I mean, it's it's really uh, crazy, nutso, bonkers. And now they're saying that like there's what there's counterfeit. Uh, well, uh, you know, somebody like forged documents going around. Oh, we didn't really mean that. Well, somebody did, I believe, forge one, the one about guys peeing in a cup, putting it out for so long, and then using it in their coffee. So anyway, I think there were some people, you know, LARPing on the document and making fun of it with really outrageous stuff. But the important piece that everybody kind of took issue with was the part where they said we needed to provide economic security for people who are unable and on and or excuse me unwilling to work yeah Um, that was the one that took a lot of heat and pushback and now they're saying the whole thing that all of that stuff was plagiarized or you know put up there um and it wasn't I saw three different drafts of it, one from NPR, one on her website, and one from another document place, and it was all exactly the same. And, and it's like, this seems to be like the reoccurring theme with uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Do something ridiculous, and then when people go, that's ridiculous, she's like, ooh, you must be scared because you're picking on me. And it's like, no, like you're a moron. You're a moron, and, we're, and so we're calling you a moron. Like, we need, I th- I'm pretty sure we need combustion engines. And, like, this whole, like, we're going to redo every building? Every <laughs> Yeah, that was actually in there. That wasn't a mistake. <laughs> yeah, it was just absolutely bonkers. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely bonkers. And all of this, it's, it's, it's a race to get it done in 10 years, because, what, the, the Earth is going to end in 12? <laughs> Um, yeah, here's so my two good years. I'm on a mission. Okay. Yeah. First of all, I want to find out where they found this girl, how they decided she was going to run for office, because as friend of the show, Andrew Clavin says, um, there is nothing more dangerous than <laughs> a passionate, uninformed person in a pretty package. So she's deliberate. And none of these are her ideas. None of them. Oh, yeah. oh really? Really? Really. Because most of I these thought. recommendations I can find in their most mature form in a document from a group called Data for Progress, who's one of their founders is Sean McElwee. And um, all of these ideas about getting rid of combustion engines being net neutral on carbon emissions, um, all of the social justice stuff about having trees in the inner cities and making sure people have equal access to nature. That's all in this document. Um, I didn't notice any direct cribbing, but all of the ideas are there. And that was put out in 2018. But do you think that this is like someone has a great or what? I'm not. I'm not saying it's a great idea, but like someone thinks they have a great idea, they put it out there, no one listens, and then you see, oh my gosh, there's this cute little dancing uh, uh, socialist from from the Bronx, and everyone's listening to her. 
So do you think maybe they just went to her and said, hey, if you want to dress this up and, and present it as your own, or do you think she, like, legit stole it? Um, I think she legit agreed to put it in when yeah. she was tapped to run. Um, I also think that, no, this wasn't somebody with a great idea in 2018. The Sunrise, um, what do they call themselves, Sunrise Movement, the one that's now kind of the repository and putting out who the sponsors were. Um, they protested in Nancy Pelosi's office. They were the kids with the yellow signs. Yeah. If you remember yeah. that. Yeah. They formed in 2015, and one of the members of their board of directors was actually on the board of the Sierra Club. So what this is is all the old, really leftist organizations morphing into new, hip, kind of funky, fun activist groups but they're all funded from the same place and and this is the, what they're the sunrise what's the name of the group the sunrise movement that's scary that's that's right out of uh that's that's a terrifying we're the sunrise movement i wonder if you're a brother or a sister when you go in there i'm we, a brother of the sunrise there movement. is much work left to do there is much work to be done if mm -hmm. you're a brother of the sunrise can I look at your furnace? We've, we've heard your neighbor said you had a combustion engine in your car. Right. Can we look at the vehicle? Did Sister you? Sunrise, stab him in the throat. He's an interloper. He's not using solar electronics. Did you see that whack job on Tucker? Oh. From that... Media Matters? He looked high out of his gourd. Was, was this the guy with the brown hair? It the brown like hair pushed over. It was like Lyle Lovett, old school. Yeah. Yes. That guy was deeply disturbing. Like he was like a character. He's like the the crazy the, the crazy mad scientist. Mm -hmm. He had wacky wacky hair and then his hands. He had like the the hands of a 70-year-old man. Well, and then his demeanor was just all like pod person. Oh, yeah. That's that's a guy who can uh who, who he can see the future. He oh can see God. the future, and he knows exactly what he needs to do, and why aren't you listening? And I don't have time to argue with you. We need to kill the babies. Those puppies, it, yeah, he's, he was really, that guy's off his nut. Yeah, he, well, uh, he's from what? Media Matters. <laughs> really? Yes. I thought he was like a professor of economics somewhere. I thought he was like a legit dude. Uh, my understanding is he's at least a participant. He may be a professor of economics, but he's associated with Media Matters and has been a policy advisor to Miss Alexandra, occasionally cognizant. And, um, yeah. I can just see her working as a bartender. And then he comes into the bar and he's like hitting on her. And then... <laughs> Right, but he can do. He's doing it with his smarts. He's like, "No, I'm actually a professor of green economics, and what we need to do to save the planet is blah 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 blah." Because he thinks that's how he's going to get in her pants. And then she's like, "Oh my God, you're so smart. You're awesome. Oh my God, you know, if people like you and me could get together, we could really make a difference. I'm going to be a senator. I'm going to be a congresswoman." And then, I, I, it's just like two morons that meet at a cocktail party, and and now actually people are listening to him. It's, no, it's, it's really crazy. So she graduated from Boston University in 2012. Okay, good then for her. Then she, like, disappeared for a while, driving around the country, going to Standing Rock, volunteering for Bernie's campaign, 
there's no real record of anything substantive she did post-graduation until all of a sudden she's running for Congress. She ran into all these guys somewhere, whether it was on Bernie's campaign or at Standing Rock or something like that. I mean, she was legit sourced. And I want to find out, because my tinfoil hat's getting real tight, whether she was actually a resident of the Bronx before that or if they put her there specifically to run against Donnelly. I tell you what, it's weird, but I I just got like the heebie-jeebies on that one too. (laughs) No, for real, because you're you're out of college, you have all these ideas, you know you want to do something in politics, you're you're going, like you said, you're doing the Standing Rock, you're meeting these people, blah, 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 blah. I would not, it would not, it would not surprise me at all if people who knew the system a little bit better, they Uh knew the political landscape a little bit better, said, here's what you do, here's what you do. Go get an apartment in the Bronx, yep. uh, and then you can do X, Y, and Z, and we will back you. Uh, that's uh, that's not far fetched at all. That's not that's not crazy tinfoil hat theory. But because uh, um, here's the deal, it's like she uh, she's she's very cute. She's got a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. She's got she just doesn't have like the smarts. Not at she all. She just can't she just can't deliver. On the smarts and like, and this is, it's a great example of like the difference between the left and the right. Every argument she makes is an emotional argument. Mm -hmm. Everything is like, it's not about the logic of it. It's about the morality of it and these, these rich people. So it's always like this, you know, we need justice because it's the right thing to do. And justice is taking these people's money. And it's just these guys. It's just these guys that tippy tippy top. And then when they run out of those guys money, they'll, They'll move down to the next, you know, tier. You know, it's like, okay, it's the billionaires, right? We're out of billionaires. Oh, it's the millionaires. Mm-hmm. And they run out of millionaires. And then it's anybody who has some crap that she wants. It's really, uh, it's crazy that it's this popular. It's crazy that it's it's seemingly this popular. Elizabeth Warren. You know, I've seen some polling on the Green New Deal that this Data for Progress group did, 92% of Democrats and 64% of Republicans approve of these ideas. Not a chance. Not a chance. Not a chance if you were honest about them. Well, like like <laughs> any of them. Like, you just you start breaking them down, like, one by one. And, like, am, am, am I, as a human being, am I for every building in our country being energy efficient? Yeah, in theory, right? But like the actual doing of it, it's like, all right, that's going to take some time. That's going to take some time. And I'm not going to fund it. I think the people who own those buildings have have the the people who have the vested interest in them being Mm -hmm. energy efficient. But like what the government's going to come in and rebuild everything in 10 years and like legitimately like like just the manpower power on that my god well that's how you do a federal jobs guarantee michael yeah (laughs) whether you want a job or not right you're gonna get paid whether you're willing or unwilling to work exactly well i again i'm a curious person right good for you stay curious so i did i did a little digging and what i found do you remember solyndra do I? Absolutely. Do I? Yeah, so a- I looked at that program and it was available from 2009 to 2011 through the Department of Energy. And okay. 
It spent $36 billion in grants. It created maybe 10,000 jobs and affected energy consumption in five very limited geographic areas. So take those numbers and multiply them (laughs) times the amount of dollars you would have to to employ everyone and then put these systems everywhere. It's it's mind-boggling. Yeah, mind-bogglingly stupid too. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's just I don't. And then ask yourself this, and this is like one of our little tips to how to how to win more arguments at dinner parties. Like the government did not invent the light bulb. No, they didn't. That that was just a dude who wanted to get rich, mm-hmm. right? That was that was like uh, the the government doesn't invent. I, you know what? And then I always go back to NASA. Like well, NASA no, but they a- didn't even invent that. That was IBM and a whole bunch of other companies. They outsourced so much of that to the private sector. Yeah. However, but like because of the necessity, and it's like you go back to like you know uh, NASA invented these pens that would work upside down and in zero gravity, mm-hmm. and then you know Russia just used a pencil. But like. With uh, with NASA, we did get a lot of cool stuff out of that. Like sure. the, the technology that IBM and other companies came up with, you know, because that's it. That's necessity is the mother of invention. Right. Unfortunately, it, it, it cost an absolute fortune. It cost an absolute fortune. Mm-hmm. And now we're catching up because you have dudes like Elon Musk who go, okay, NASA is just a giant boondoggle. And I love saying this. I love saying this. NASA is out of spacesuits. <laughs> like they they have a serious they have a serious supply issue mm-hmm. with spacesuits. Now, if you think of anybody wouldn't run out of spacesuits, it would be the one place that needs them. The one it's like how can you run out of spacesuits? You're NASA. So uh, the the Green New Deal is is fun to make fun of, but but the the thing is, it's like how it resonates with people. Even even if it's not even if the number isn't that big. It's still like, wow, so, so many people in this country are just willing to hand over everything to, they, they think the government knows better. You know, well, well, they, we should. they don't understand what it actually says. It's like, it and, goes and, back to the old thing that you and I say, does everybody want clean water? Sure. Do we want clean air? Yeah. But there was actually a survey done by NBC News and someone else. They reported on it a couple weeks ago that when you ask people, would you support a Green New Deal? They say yes. And then would you support, what is it, a carbon tax, right? Yeah. Maybe. And then you ask them, so how much of your personal wealth would you be willing to give to these types of initiatives? Support for the whole thing fell apart before 10 bucks a month. <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's and there there's the rub there's yeah, the rub they don't, right there everybody thinks everything's a good idea until you stick your hand in their wallet it, yeah <laughs> well, it's the same the with medicare for all yeah mm-hmm. yeah oh i want all the stuff i want all the stuff i'd rather not pay for it i'd rather not pay for it Let's get those rich guys to pay for it. They have all that money, those stupid rich people, and they're just they're just saving. They're not doing anything with that money. Rich people do stuff with their money. They they invest, and when they invest, other businesses take off, and then people have jobs, and people get to do what they want. People yeah. are just so eager to give away. I'm um, this is like going to sound so libertarian. I apologize. 
but you're just so eager to give give away your your rights and your liberty and your choices when you give this kind of power to the government, you're like, yeah, let's make the combustion engine illegal and do this. And OK, now all of a sudden you've got to have an agency that runs around and checks. Are you using an illegal car and you're going to get in trouble and we can't do that? And you 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 have the best of intentions. You want to save the planet, but you've given away uh, a bunch of your rights and a bunch of your choices. And just people well, are just I just can't believe how <laughs> eager people are to sign off on that. My thing is. I, I read this stuff from these proponents on Twitter that just makes me want to grab them by the front of the shirt and smack them. Um, yeah. What are you going to do? How much are you willing to invest in floods and hurricanes and 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 the sea rising and all this other stuff? I'm like, does, does anybody even remember being taught that you used to be able to walk from Russia to Alaska? I, I swear. <laughs> like, the land masses have been moving forever. <laughs> yes, there, there once was a giant ice bridge, and then it, it yes. went away, and the, tech t- the, 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 the plates are shifting, mm-hmm. and they're constantly going. It, it, uh, that's a, it drives me crazy, because like, I remember reading about the Ice Age and glaciers, mm-hmm. and then we, they don't know why, but suddenly they started to recede, and then in the 1970s, yep. they're, they're coming back. It's going to be another ice age, and it's. And just, I mean, there were many ice ages in the 1600s and the 1800s. Yeah, the only the best case, the best case that I've ever heard for man-made climate change, mm-hmm. uh, I learned from uh, doing research for my show on the History Channel, uh, because Christopher Columbus and those guys, when they discovered America. He didn't really discover it. People have been coming here for a very, very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And these sailors and these uh, guys on these ships, and the, they knew they were getting close to uh, North America because you, you could smell the fires. There was like so many Indians, and there was they they were going through so much wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could so uh, then eventually the Indians got sick. Somebody carried a disease over. And then there was like a huge, it just, it just wiped out 90% of the population. Well, around that time, uh, they were keeping track of the weather in England, you know, those guys. Today it was sunny and the barometer was blah, blah, blah. So there was two years after the Native Americans really got wiped out uh, by disease and they weren't chopping down as many trees because they just didn't need the wood and blah, 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 blah. They had a They had two really wacky, like, uh, years without a summer in England because there was just so much new growth going. They think that they think that those two things were tied together. That's the only real evidence. And then it got cold. Like it didn't, it, they even got like that wrong. It's like so much new stuff was growing, the, the planet cooled off. So, uh, <laughs> well, here's, here's my thing. Yes. Could the climate be getting warmer overall? Maybe. Yes. I'm not going to say it's not. Could some of that be due to human beings? Sure. I could buy that. Here's what I'm not going to buy. Completely destroying our economy, <laughs> taking us back to the effective Middle Ages. You'll be heating your house with wood shortly. I don't know. Would that even be allowed? Um, yeah. I, I, you know, and they say that we could have, due to climate change, a 10% reduction in GDP by 2100. Our GDP would be so much larger at that point that the 
wouldn't even matter. And like you said, the government didn't make the light bulb. The only thing that solves some of these problems, especially in terms of how we produce energy, is ingenuity in the private sector, period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, you, that way you get a bunch of, I, 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 I don't even know, like you, we were talking about Solyndra, and the government's like, okay, solar panels, Solyndra, here's all this money, blah, 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 blah. But how many people are doing stuff in the private sector? Like mm-hmm. Elon Musk, just what he's done in solar power and what he's done uh, with batteries. And yep. then you look at those mines, boy, you look into lithium mines, you want to get bummed out, you want to get bummed out fast, uh, Google some images of lithium mines. That's that's an environmental nightmare right there. Uh, it's all so depressing. It's all just so depressing. But I, I believe in the private sector. I believe that solutions will come. They're not going to come from big government. Uh, I'm right there with Ronald Reagan when those are the most terrifying words you're ever going to hear. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. <laughs> Yikes. Run, run, screaming. Okay, I'm looking at my watch. Uh, we're, we've got... Time now for the interview. We're going to bring in Paul Hare. We got him on the phone. We're going to talk. He's, he's an author. And this is what I love about theloftestparty.com. There's authors. There's, there's, there's painters. There's photographers. Uh, you guys, it's, it's a site for everybody. Paul does some wonderful stuff at theloftestparty.com. Uh, he's an amazing dude. He's got a new book out, him and some buddies. It's Appalling Stories 2. So here is my interview with Paul Hare. As promised, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. You know him, you love him from theloftestparty.com and from his books. Uh, he's a writer. He's an all-around great guy. He's got awesome taste in Instagram. We got Paul Hare with us. How's it going, Paul? Great, Michael. How are you? I'm good, dude. I'm good. I'm, I'm a little tired. I'm in New York. I go back to L.A. today. But uh, it was a fantastic week. It was a fantastic week. I want to I want to jump right in. I want to talk about uh, I want to talk about your books because this is what I think is really cool about theloftestparty.com. We have like legit authors, uh, and it's not just like regular stuff. So let's just uh, get get people uh, a running start. Let's talk about uh, appalling stories. Yes, this is a series of of books. There's two now. And- yeah. They're both they're anthologies, and they're along the line of the old pulp fiction, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Yeah, yeah. You know, everybody collects those uh, those covers now. Those are like highly collectible covers. I love the uh, like the racy, you know, chick with her shirt getting torn off, and there's some alien chasing her or something. Exactly right. In fact, our first anthology has pretty much that on the cover. If you go to Amazon, you can see it. You can check it out. And we wanted to do that because we thought. Uh, those are first of all, those are the kinds of stories we liked. But if you think about it, who else is going to publish something like that today? Uh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Now, now these are a little different. This isn't just like like uh, straight up like science fiction or whatever. There's a little bit more uh, meat to it, right? These are like politically driven to a degree. Uh, the one of the things we wanted to make sure of was they had to be entertained. That was the first and foremost thing. But yes, we did actually make a conscious effort to put elements into the stories that you just wouldn't find anywhere else. So when uh, you think about uh, everything has to be centered on, well, publishers now want it to be very, we'll just say they want everything to be very diverse and they want outcomes to have a certain uh, situ- uh, certain outcome. And yeah. just, you just cannot do stuff 
you you think about it all the time. I mean, you're you, you work in the the comedy world, and there's stuff you can't say today that you were able to say even as short as five or ten years ago. You and know it's what? The same thing with publishing. It's it's too funny. Like I found myself last night on stage. I was working at this club, Governors, and like mentally, like I I find myself using like racier words just because like people have told me I couldn't. Right? Like I talk. <laughs> Never mind. I, it's off the track, but it's like I, I'm turning into an Archie Bunker. I'm turning into an Archie Bunker. So, hey, who who uh, who who wrote this with you? Well, we started off with just three of us. It was me, and then there's a, another author called Dave Dubrow, and he actually wrote for the Loftus Party for a little bit a few years back. I know that guy. Yes, you, yes, you do. And then we have a third author, which is Ray Zasek. Those were the it was us three or we three who were the original authors. And the reason we started it is it's always hard. There's two things that it's hard to find when you're trying to collaborate with somebody. You got to find somebody who says they want to do it. And then you got to find the next thing is you got to find people who will follow through with doing that. And that can be very hard to find. I find that to be the case as well. It I is. Find... <laughs> you know, it's great, to have it, great to have enthusiasm, but you have to have the follow through too. Well, we found each other and it worked out. So we were able to say, this is what we wanted to do. Here are our deadlines. Let's do it. And we did it. And it was That's a lot of fun. So for the sequel, we did it again. And we brought in, I think we got somewhere around six or seven other authors for the sequel. And oh, the, wow. The sequel we just published this past December. And you, you'll recognize at least, well, you should recognize some of the names on there. Or or, or the Loftus Party audience should recognize names as well. Um, again, the three of us. And then we have, there's an author called Mike Barron. Do you know who Mike Barron is? I do not. Who's Mike Barron? Mike Barron made his name in comic books. He wrote a, he created a comic book superhero, and he created it with an artist named Steve Rude. The superhero is called Nexus. Okay. And Nexus was, I guess, came about in the early 80s. And actually, uh, Mike's still writing. Uh, he's still doing Nexus. I think he has a novel coming out of it soon. So that was one of the authors we got. We got a guy named Warner Todd Houston. He writes at Breitbart. Um, and then we got a guy named John Delaraz. He's a science fiction author. Yeah. We, like I said, we have a bunch of other authors as well. So that was part of the sequel. And again, we did put some stuff that would be, well, well the easiest way to say it is there's some politically incorrect elements in there, but it's focused on story. Yeah. Now, uh, with like the politically incorrect stuff, are, uh, would that be more to like period pieces? Are you like like you're writing a story that takes place in the '50s, so that was the reality in the '50s? Do you know what I'm saying? I do, but we didn't really do that, and, and it's good you asked that because now I'll get into some of the stories, and I'm going to focus on mine because I'll admit I'm biased towards mine. So there you go. You got to love your own stuff. That's right. I mean, if I'm not promoting it, if I'm not hyping it, who else is, right? <laughs> so the story that I contributed to the second anthology which would be appalling stories too is called the order that changed the world and what this is about is the united states finally gets its wish or not the united states but some people finally get their wish and they ban guns and then it, the story examines what happens after that what happens when a few people decide well we're not going to give up our guns and that's the heart of the story right there so it's a theme or there's a there's a plot point that you wouldn't necessarily find in stories from mainstream publishers but it's still it's not about it's not a sermon it's an yeah. actual interesting story and it contains uh it contains elements that are fun to read you're not even going to realize it's a politically incorrect story if you pick it up 
you're just going to have a good time reading it. And it's got an it's got an exciting ending, and it relates to stuff that's going on in the world right now. And you'll find stories like that throughout. And some of the stories are set in the here and now. We've got a story that's set in the future in space. We've got other sci-fi stories. We got one where it involves, I think you've talked about on the Loftus Party, sex robots. Well, we've sort of got something like that in the second yes. too. So these stories can go anywhere from main, or not mainstream, but modern day realistic stories to science fiction and anywhere else in between. That's great. Now, see, this is great. This is because because like with with an anthology and there's a collection and different you know people contributing. Did you read someone's uh, story and just go, "Damn it, that's a great idea. I wish I would have done that." Who? What's what story is in there that you're like jealous of? You're like, "Crap, I wish I would have thought of that." Mike Barron wrote a story, and it's it's called. Let me pull it up here just so I make sure that I, I've got yeah. the story, the title exactly right. It's it's the last story in the second anthology, and it's called Trail of the Loath- Loathsome Swine. I'll say that again since I messed it up. Trail of the Loathsome Swine. He wrote that, and it's a great first-person story. In other words, the narrator, the narrator of the story is the character in the story. And if you ever read Huck Finn, you know Huckleberry Finn, where it's written like they 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 speak in that dialect. It yeah, yeah. Has, it kind of has that vibe in it. It's set in the in the present day. It's in the South. It starts off where where some kid's sister gets killed by a pig, and he goes on a vengeance hunt for it. But it doesn't turn out exactly necessarily as you think it will. And it's kind of humorous. And I think that's one of the that's you know again I'm biased towards my story, but that's another one of the great stories in the second volume. That's fantastic, man. And then I'm thinking, I love the thing, like it's a world without guns, but like some, you know, some people held on to That's a great idea. Like that's like you, you, uh, you realize like, uh, oh, who's the guy from Key and Peele uh, is bringing back the Twilight Zone. That's a, that's dude, that's a, a world without guns where some people have decided to hold on to their guns. That's fantastic stuff. It is, and that's actually not a bad comparison. If you're going to compare it to something, the Twilight Zone is not a bad thing. Because if you think about it, okay, the Twilight Zone's entertaining, but didn't they always have messages in those 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 stories? They always yeah. had some sort of message about, and this is what's going to happen if we don't get nuclear weapons under control. And the guy's living, you know, what what was the story where the the guy was in a nuclear post-apocalyptic world and. He finally had time to read his book, so then he breaks yeah. stuff like that. I mean, that's a message story if you think about it, but it's entertaining too. Uh, yeah, oh, they all were. They all were. I hate it when they when they tried to bring the Twilight Zone back, like in like in the late nineties, and and they all had like happy endings. It all like worked out. It's like, oh, we're trapped. We're trapped between moments in time, but oh, we figured it out. We're out of here. We're back to normal. It was like, no, man, the Twilight Zone's supposed to be eerie. It's supposed to be. Uh, you know, shocking. You gotta have a twist. You can't have happy endings. <laughs> in exactly. A, in a exactly. Twilight Zone. So you've you've done two of these. You've done the appalling stories. You got appalling stories two that's out now. All the, all this stuff is available on, on Amazon. Uh, have you ever done like any long form stuff? Like do you have your your own novels? Because that's that's like the next thing on on my list. I want I want to write a book. Have you have you done anything like that? I did a. I helped ghostwrite a long form nonfiction. I did not complete the novel. I haven't completed a novel yet. I, I kind of wanted to do that. The reason for the short stories is that was 
two things. I wanted to get it out, and I figure we kind of live in a world where everything has to be done in five minutes or less. People want short stuff. So I thought, for me, in anthology, you can read these things in five to ten minutes, and it's not just that. You're buying one book. You're getting ten stories in our second one, 13 in the original ones, and they're all from different authors. To me, that's a great deal because you get short reads, and then you get a variety of different stories too. But, yeah. But I agree. Uh, I would like to write the novel or a long uh, a longer book uh, someday too, but we got to get the need to need to sell these two anthologies. This this is a big thing. We want to get them sold, get people excited for more stuff. Let us know what they liked. Let us know what they didn't like. Want them to leave reviews on Amazon too, of course, because that's always a big thing. But highly encourage your listeners. Not only is this good for me, but if you like what we're doing at the Loftus Party or here on the podcast. It's important for people to go out and buy these books and review them because that's going to help me to stay involved and keep contributing to the Loftus party as well. Yeah, it is. Uh, that's that, that's a big deal. And like I'll say that at the end of, of the podcast all the time. Like if you're new, go to iTunes, leave a review. It's, it's like busting through that algorithm uh, that is iTunes or busting through the algorithm that is like the, the review system on on Amazon and supporting uh, like artists, this is, I don't want to get too full of myself, but like, like artists and authors on the right, it's, it's, I think it's insanely important that we, uh, you know, support the community. Everybody's like, you know, there's, there's no creative people on the right. No one's doing anything. There's no painters. There's no authors. And like, no, there's tons, there's tons, there's lots of good stuff out there. Uh, we just got to support one another. Hey, um, tell me a little bit. Uh, there's there's this uh, now there's this girl Martina and I don't want to screw up her last name. Do you know who I'm talking? It's Marcota, as far as I know. Yeah, Marcota. Now, is she in the comic book world as well? Is she? Is, does she have like a graphic novel she's coming out with? She does because she used Indigo Go. I think it was Indigo Go to to crowdfund for it. And she hit her goals. So actually, oh wow! I think she, I think she way surpassed her goals. So she's working on that too. That's kind of something where listeners can go to the Loftus Party. We've written about her a few times, and I probably will write another post about her, too, using her Instagram account. Because yeah. that, kind of, that kind of actually tells her story. She has two of them because she's a performance artist, so one's under her performance artist name. But that kind of gives a better idea of her story, too. And she's doing – I think she's done a lot of stuff that's, that's what people – and I'll still use the term people on the right, even though I'm beginning to like that term less and less just for a variety of different reasons. But people on the right should be doing because I'm with the one of the things that attracted to me to what you're doing at the Loftus Party is what you just said is, look, the conservative movement has made an industry for as long as I've been an adult of complaining about what's wrong with things. Yeah. But how many people have you seen actually go out there and offer an alternative? That's what you're doing. And that's what we're doing at the Loftus Party. We're saying, okay, we'll still talk about what we see as being wrong, but we've got the Deplorables, Deplorables Comedy Tour now. That's going out and doing something about it. We've got yep. this podcast. We've got the website. Not only do we do the normal stuff on the website, but I've been publishing flash fiction stories on there too. So I'm literally giving something there on the website that you won't find anywhere else on any any website that I know. And we're doing that thing, what, we, what people should be doing. We're now producing content creative content and and, that, and that's what that's why i kind of uh, marcota kind of caught my eye because she's been doing that for a long time too 
And it's good to try to support other people who are doing what we want to be doing. Yeah, you know what? I tell you what, I, I just was like, it's wild to hear somebody else, you know, say it out loud. But you're exactly, you just, you crushed it. You nailed it. Because there's, there's tons of complaint websites. There's tons of uh, righteous anger and righteous indignation. But yeah, like, I, I really dig that we're, we're, you know, trying to support and, and help out and draw focus. And we're not being snobs. If, if this is the first time you're tuning into the podcast, God bless you. But like the the other wacky thing about the loftusparty.com is there is like like a social media type of uh, of an aspect. If you if you go to the site and you sign in, you can create a post and and you can post something. So if you're like, oh, uh, here I am, you know, I'm sitting in Dubuque and I have a wonderful uh, little piece of fiction that I wrote. Well, for the love of God, go go to the website and and post it and we'll take a look and and if as long as it's not some kind of call to arms or world war 3 <laughs> you you could probably you could probably make it on the main page make it to, that, it's like I'm talking about strippers now make it to the main page right exactly and it doesn't have to be a book length or even an article length thing it can just be you know what i found something neat here or this is what i found i've i've tried to even think of things like that myself to try to show people one of the things i found is I've been burning wood as a supplemental heat source this this winter. I was thinking of doing maybe a small post about you really do need to use seasoned wood if you're going to heat because if you use green wood, it doesn't work at all. And I wanted to keep it short, something like that. It can be anything like, you know, even of, hey, I was, you know, I had this great idea for my neighborhood and how to keep the trash off the street. And here's what I did. Just anything like that. It could be, you know, something where I saw this new story that uh, that entertained me. It can be quick or it can be a little bit longer. I think there's we have one contributor who's been putting some recipes. That oh. takes a little, bit, a little bit more time, which is great. We like that. But it can be something even shorter than that. Yeah, that's Gloria. And then you know what? And I got to put it up. Like I found uh, on Twitter, there's this dude, uh, Terrence K. Williams. And he's one of the comics on uh, The Deplorable Show, the, the tour. And he turned me on to a couple pieces of new music, and I got that's I got to do that later before I go to the airport. I got to go on YouTube, and I'm just gonna uh, post the the video for this. And like, because I'm like, I got to turn more people on to this great music that I found. It's silly, it's stupid, but hey, like, it, it is. It's a wacky, it's a wacky little community, and it's growing, uh, which has me, which has me very excited, which has me very excited. So. Um, it turns out you and I are fans of uh, of an actress. You posted a thing the other day about uh, Monica Bellucci. Do you know who she is? Have you seen her before? Oh, dude! I uh, I when she was in uh, the Matrix Two, I think she was in the the sequel. That's where she came into the story. She just like and I, she stole every scene she was in. She, I think I think that woman is just amazing. And 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 much like you, I'm like, why is she not? all over American cinema. She's fantastic. Absolutely. I, I would, I think she's, I mean, to me, I would have her in pretty much just about everything. I'd cast her in just about uh, everything. Like I said in the, in the post, she's now mid fifties and she's still, really? and she's still beautiful. Italian don't crack. That's, that's exactly right. Uh, <laughs> and when you think of Italian, who else do you think of? Sophia Loren, right? That's one of the yes. first actresses I think of. And and Bellucci under uh, underutilized as I put in the in the post uh, that I wrote at the Loftus party. To me, I, I'd figure out a way. If you don't have a part for her, create one. I, that's what I would do. 
I, I tell you what, a, a buddy of mine has a screenplay about a world without guns, and Monica Bellucci, she holds on to hers. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, and, and she takes me prisoner. <laughs> Never mind. Hey, I just went way off book. I, uh, I, I tell you what, man, uh, I, I, I'm trying to think about other movies you could cast her in, but she, she is such a, uh, a screen presence and so completely awesome. What, uh, what are you guys going to do in uh, an appalling stories three, or is it too, too soon to tell? Well, that's exactly right, because this is why I wanted to be on the podcast, too. People have to buy the book and they have to leave reviews. That's what's going to determine if there's another anthology of appalling stories. And we have to get out there. We have to, we know there's a lot of noise. We know there's a lot of competition, but we have to get people to buy it. That's a big thing. We know we have to promote it. That's why I'm here. We know we have to get people excited about it, but that's the only way that we'll, there will be a third anthology of Pauline stories. Yeah, I know. Have you, you've, I'm sure you've heard of this guy, uh, Neil Gaiman. Uh, the author, he's man, everything that he writes. He did American Gods. He's done uh, a ton of stuff. He has a collection of like stories, but it's it's very cool. It's like it's like him and other authors that he knows. And uh, I, I just like that there that you guys do this. I like that there's like a community of of you know people who know each other and like all right, this will be the theme, and we'll call it appalling stories. And then oh, then we'll do this one, and here's the theme, and it's appalling stories too. I just wanted to keep going. I want it to keep going, and I, I want uh, I want Hollywood to take note. I want I want somebody to get a get a, a movie deal out of this. Oh, that'd be great too. And like I said, we need sales. We don't. I'd also like to. I might want to put up a post or two on Loftus Party to try to get people to say, "Here's what we want to see." If we are going to do fiction, here's what we would like to see you guys do. That might be an idea, so we can get some feedback, and then we can tell. Well, okay. Now we got something here, an idea to do. Let's go do it, and let's get the Loftus Party audience to buy it. Yeah, you know what? That let's maybe maybe we do that, or maybe like I wonder if it would be worth it to like highlight one of the stories, you know? Because like I, I tell you what, I, that's just such a great jumping off point. It's a world without guns, and then somebody decides to hold on to theirs. That's a, a, dude, I'm in love with that one. I'm, well, I'm, gonna, with, I'm gonna get a post up about that on the Loftus Party this week. That is awesome. All right. Well, I'm gonna. You're gonna post that. I'm gonna put some stuff up uh, about this music. Uh, I I think I think it's time for some some more hot patriots uh, that I that I've found on Instagram. And you guys, this is. Uh, I'm so glad, that, Paul, that, that that you joined us and you and we're talking about appalling stories too, and and people running out and grabbing it, which they should. I understand Amazon will even deliver it to your door. That, uh, that's what they say it's a new thing now. I hear. <laughs> All the kids are doing it. But yeah, we're encouraging everyone, uh, just come in, contribute, throw your hat in the ring, and, and don't uh, don't worry that it's not good enough. Don't worry that, oh, this, that, and that. Just, just, just jump in, man. Just jump in. That's how, that's the, that is the creative process. Paul, dude, uh, I really appreciate your time. Congratulations on Appalling Stories and Appalling Stories 2. Uh, and we're looking for more great stuff. Dude, I will talk to you very soon. Cool? Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Paul. Take care, buddy. Yep. Bye. Just give oh, it a few gonna... seconds and we can start up again. <clears throat> Lovely. Ready oh, in God. five. Hold four. on. Blow my nose. Let me blow oh. my nose. So gross. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I got a cold. My body's like, if we're going to do this kind of stuff, 
uh, at least get some sleep. I'm like, there's going to be no sleep. And my body's like, okay, then you're going to have a cold. How about that? No, you need to get some, um, Love energy, energy, and uh, emergency. Start taking that. If that you're going to travel great. a lot. I love the emergency. The, the, uh, we'll, let's talk about that. Let's come back. Let's come back. All right. Five, four, three, two, one. And that makes me happy. That may, I, I, you got, you guys are going to get angry at me for saying it, but I just love the fact that like, there's like legitimate, uh, authors on, on the site that are, that are contributing to the site. I love Paul Hare. Uh, I like that he's got the appalling stories and appalling stories too. And I want to help that dude sell some books, go to Amazon, pick that up, leave the dude a review. Uh, so we're back for another another twenty minutes of the podcast, rounding it out in all things that are. I apologize for how I sound. Uh, I, I I realize I, I didn't apologize for that. Like right at the top, I've got a I've got a uh, a super annoying cold. I just been traveling too hard. I've been working too hard, getting up too early, doing too much stuff. My nose is just it's just god awful. And then I got the dry lip thing. So Ew. if you look at yeah, I'm, I'm. So, so what I did is I got this like uh, little thing of, uh, you know, you put the Vaseline on your lips. I don't like the chapstick. What? So I do the. Eos. I do, Vas- I do Vaseline uh, lip therapy. Really? I yeah. like the EOS. I'm like comes in the little ball. EOS. Oh, see, like you're a hip chick. I don't even know. I don't even know oh, what that is. Oh, it's the best. Well, I'll try it next. But here's my point. My point is my lips are all red and shiny. I looked at. I looked at the clip of me on Fox and Friends over the weekend. I'm like, am I wearing lipstick? Like, who is this weird person on the television? The makeup girl got a hold of you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they have. You know, you ask somebody how they're doing. You're like, hey, how, how you doing? Mm-hmm. And they, they're like, oh, pretty good. How you doing? They have this. I believe she's Puerto Rican. And she does she does the hair at uh, at Fox. And so it's like it's like 630 in the morning. And I, I feel like garbage, but I'm pretending to be, you know, upbeat and positive, yada, yada. And I go, uh, hey, how you doing? She's like, fantastic. And like, she was so loud and so optimistic. And so I'm like, I, I've never had somebody. And, and then I, I'm like, really, you're fantastic. She's like, yes, I'm fantastic. Some days I lie. I'm not fantastic. And I say I'm fantastic. But today I'm fantastic. <laughs> she was like, a, she was the most lovely person I had ever met. And I wanted... I was so happy. She was fantastic. She was absolutely fantastic. Well, so, is it different? I guess that would be different. I guess you don't get makeup and stuff when you go to the closet in L.A. No, it's it's. Listen, I love those guys. <laughs> There's a little skeleton crew in L.A. There's like two dudes. Yeah, there is no makeup. You better hope you look good when you go in there. Uh, and it's the most interesting little uh, place ever. I can't wait to see those guys again. But yeah, there's there's no. There's no hair and makeup uh, in the L.A. Freedom Closet of Satellite <laughs> the One. Freedom <laughs> Closet. <laughs> <laughs> so this is funny. Uh, because I'm staying in a hotel, I'm flying back to Los Angeles later on tonight. I actually, you know, they give you the USA Today. I haven't looked at USA Today in years. And, and this is just fantastic. Because we, earlier on the show, we were talking about the, the, the Green New Deal. On the cover of the USA Today, the cover, the front page. Uh, the weekend edition. The, the big story is deaths, long waits, and bed sores. How the VA hospitals rate. 
So there you go. Medicare like, for all. Right, exactly. <laughs> like so so <laughs> President Trump and his crew, they're legitimately trying to change the VA. Mm -hmm. They have made some good changes. They're moving in the right direction. However, it's a big giant government uh boondoggle and you've got all these pro all these people, oh, Medicare for all, Medicare for all. And yeah, if it was, as soon as somebody says Medicare for all, I immediately go to, well, how's the VA doing? Mm -hmm. how's the, and it looks like they ain't doing too good. It ain't doing too good. Uh, oh, my gosh. Are you going to watch the Grammys? No. Are those tonight? Here's I it. No, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not going to watch either. I love that Cardi B and Tommy Lahren are fighting. I like that, and it's so funny to watch people pick sides. I've already I've picked my side. I'm I'm on Team Tommy. I'm on Team Tommy. And, and, I, and I stay out of all of those because then you had Tommy and Candace Owens fighting, and then you had you get people on the right doing it to each other, and it's just like stop, stop. I will say I will say this, and this is all I'm gonna say. Mm -hmm. When Tommy, when Tommy and Candace Owen fight. It always ends pretty quickly, and Candace usually wins. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. But the Cardi B thing, here's what. Cardi B, uh, O'Kerr, she's like two conversations away from being a total Republican, and she doesn't even know it. It's, it's, <laughs> that's the hilarious part to me. Like Half her tweets and half her Instagram posts are bitching about Tommy Lahren, and then the other half are her bitching about her taxes are too damn high and how the government's not working and why is she paying all this money and she owes the IRS money. And you're like, hey, Cardi, uh, you're a conservative. <laughs> you're being, you think your taxes are too high and you think the government's wasting your money. Welcome aboard. You're going to be the keynote speaker uh, at the Republican National Convention. Okay. Uh, I saw this. I thought this happened over the weekend. I thought this was hilarious. Uh, did you watch any of the uh, the Matthew Whitaker uh, testimony in front of that congressional panel or whatever? I did not. Oh, you missed it. You missed it. So this this guy's the temporary. He's the acting attorney general. Mm -hmm. I think he's got like he's got like five more days uh, left on his contract. And you have all these Democrats like trying to hold his feet to the fire. And did you ever talk about pardons with the president? Did you collude with Russia? Yeah, I'm sure he's going to confess now. I'm sure he's going to confess right before he leaves. Like even if he was guilty, I'll even take the Democrats. Oh, he's guilty of sin. Oh, yeah. You'll bust him on live TV four days before he's in the free and clear. It was just ridiculous. It was just absolutely ridiculous. And it's just like all these guys, it's, it's just a show. It's just a show, these Democrats. And they're like, I'm going to ask the hard questions. And, and all they're doing is getting footage for their reelection campaigns. That's all they're doing. Well, I'm actually kind of looking forward because <laughs> I'm sadistic to the entire Democratic nomination process just based on the opposition research that's already dropping through friendly media outlets. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the, to the Democratic uh, nominations. It's these panels, these like little uh, like congressional panels that are just a joke and just an absolute waste of time. But yeah, I, listen, Gypsy, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking to you big time uh, for, the, <laughs> for the Democrats who are running because you, you and your crew, you've got, 
you've got your like news weasels all over it. You guys actually study and look and do research. It's weird. Did you see the screen cap from Google search that was floating around today? No. Oh my god. So Elizabeth <laughs> Elizabeth Warren does her big announcement that apparently her exploratory committee, which must be made up of complete morons, um, has decided she should run. And so she's actually going to. So she has her big to-do. And for a brief moment, more people were searching Elizabeth Warren than rock formations. <laughs> I, I, I'm confused. I'm confused. Explain. So she's doing her big announcement saying, yes, my exploratory committee is done and I'm actually going to run for president. While she was doing that, she was only more, slightly more popular on the search engines than rock formations. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. So, so she, was, she wasn't even a blip on the radar. She had a little blip that went above rock formations and then it went down well below again. That's hilarious. I that know. woman, she's going to keep trying. She's going to keep trying. And I can't believe, like, she, she legit got busted last week. She's always been like, yes, I'm a Native American, but no, I never used it for personal gain. And you're like, well, didn't you use it to get your job at Harvard? Okay, I did it that, that time, but that's, that's the only time I ever used it. And now uh, they found her, like, application to law school where she's like, yep, I'm Native American. Okay, I just did it that, those, those two times. And, but I took the DNA test. What does it show? Well, I'm not even Native American. Like, how can she still, has she, she's got no shame. Like, zero shame. <laughs> you know who's more Native American than she is? A anyone on the planet. Who, who? Cory Booker. Oh, that guy. That <laughs> he guy. He actually had DNA. <laughs> this week, his Canadian model girlfriend had me near falling out of the chair. <laughs> Oh. Did you hear that? I tweeted that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, his girlfriend's a model and she lives in Canada. That's why we've never met her. Yeah. Oh, my God. That guy, I, I find him. He's a member of like that, that, that Sunshine Coalition. He's just so fakey earnest. I cannot stand it. Oh I have a, a really, really bad reaction to Cory Booker because he thinks he's good. He thinks he's crushing it. He thinks he has everyone fooled. He's got a handful of little faces that he makes. He does this thing with his eyebrow and he acts like this is the this is the hardest thing I've ever had to think of. My brain is working so hard because I care so much. And you're like, no, dude, you need to go back to acting class. You are a failure. You are a failure. I saw him giving a speech the other night. He was in some church basement talking to people about the, the Green New Deal and how America steps up. And we that's how we defeated the Nazis. That's how we defeated the Nazis. And that's how we got to the moon. And he's literally pounding his chest. He is literally pounding his chest. He is a buffoon and an idiot. And I can't believe he's still in politics. All these people. He's, he's oh. definitely one of those people where you can see the gears turning while he's talking. Yes. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it, it, well, he's like, it's that, it's that Hillary Clinton thing where, oh, I was asked a question uh, about this. Uh, what did my aide tell me the statistics were and the polling data? And now I have to say I'm for this and I have to rationalize my decision. They don't believe, they don't, they don't believe the garbage that's flying out of their mouth. 
<laughs> well, the only one who I think comes out on stage is in exactly who she is, including the resting bitch face, is Kamala Harris. Okay, let's just talk it. Let's just talk it. <laughs> knee jerk reactions to her. She scares me. I'm afraid of her. You should like, be. I'm, Did you hear that one speech where she was like, I was the prosecutor. The school district was over here. They had the carrot and I had the stick. So we just basically harassed this mother till her kid went to school. Yes. Oh, my and, God. And, and she has and she has like a long track history of like hiding evidence that would have exonerated people mm-hmm. <laughs> like locking up innocent people uh she is she she's was a, only the ag because she slept with willie brown he said it in an article yes she's like uh she's like the villain in a science fiction movie mm-hmm. like and you know like you look at her backstory and like wow this she will do anything to mm-hmm. win she will do. You can't send me to jail. I'm an innocent. I'm an innocent man. No, you don't understand. I need to send 200 people to prison if I hope to become the attorney general. So right. you're going away. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. all. And then when they wrap it up for it's all for the greater good. It's just terrifying, terrifying. And Virginia is a mess. Virginia is oh a mess. God. I didn't want to forget to talk about that. <laughs> good Lord in heaven. Is there any elected official in the state of Virginia that can, like, my joke on Fox and Friends is, like, it, it, they're going to be down to the janitor. By the end of the weekend, the janitor will be the gov- the governor uh, of, of Virginia. It's like, hey, you, you with the mop, you're in. Everyone else has done blackface or raped somebody. <laughs> here's, here's my official stance. I do not think that things you did in high school and college are necessarily indicative of the person you are 35 years later and a whole different set of accomplishments, aside from being, like, illegal and stuff like that. Yes. However, and I would never do that. I would never go dig like that on somebody. Um, Because it, you know, for somebody who has a public record, you have a public record. What does it look like? However, the left made these rules... And I will enforce them until they knock it off. I don't enjoy it, but I will. <laughs> and and here's, what, here's what I want to know. Like, how mad is Ed Gillespie today? Like, Ed Gillespie, the former uh, Republican National Committee chair, mm-hmm. that he ran for governor, he had to have had the worst research team in the history of politics. Like, well, it's not like just he, that. How many times was he called a racist? Yes, yes, and it's like when you're called a racist, don't you go to your research team and go, hey, see if there's something on the other guy? They keep calling me a racist. Maybe there's something in his past, and like they didn't crack a yearbook. They didn't look – like that's a, that's a game changer. If well, that's you, what I'm saying. You know why it came to, to so light? Why? Because somebody he went to med school with was so pissed off over his comments about infanticide yeah. that he sent it to the paper. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that whole thing, I was talking about that a little bit on stage, just a little bit on stage, and I was it was it was very heartwarming because the audience went crazy. They really? Went crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm at, I'm at governors and I'm like, you know, Na- I'm making fun of Nancy Pelosi and oh, and she's sucking on her tooth like the winning lottery numbers are going to come out and she's sitting behind the president with a, like a a stack of menus from the Outback Steakhouse. Yeah, what was that? That was crazy. That was crazy. And then her clap? Yeah. Like, yeah. 
And that wasn't sarcasm. That wasn't sarcasm. She wasn't making fun of the president. She was. She, that was like a legit, crazy old lady. I've had too many prescription meds. Clap. It was uh, so bizarre. Yeah, and and like none of the late, none of the late night uh, shows made fun of it. And then now they're trying to say how it's the, this empowerment club, whatever. But she like, was throwing him shade. No, she wasn't. No, she wasn't. <laughs> Grandma doubled up on her meds. Yeah, it was a miracle she could stand. Uh, but like my 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 thing was, she calls the wall immoral. The wall is immoral. Oh oh, killing a baby though, that's fine. You can actually kill a live right. baby. And then people don't even get mad about killing a live baby. They get mad about a blackface thing. They get mad about a poor choice of a Halloween costume. Like, yep. where are our priorities? Excuse me, but I think, can we just focus on keeping the babies alive? Right. And the audience went crazy. They just went crazy. Yeah. These New Yorkers, they are not, they're not thrilled with Albany. And then you've got to be so, it, it's so disheartening that these, like, these elected officials, these people that you have to represent you, not only do they legalize like killing babies, but then they start lighting up buildings pink. Like, look what we did. Look what we did. Well, I don't remember the exact date frame, but sometime in the last few months, a gentleman stabbed his girlfriend who was five months pregnant, killing both his girlfriend and the baby. And up until last week, he was charged with killing the baby. But the new law in New York got him out of those charges. That was a very big. That is that's been all over the local news here. Mm-hmm. All over the local news here. That's yeah. He didn't kill two people. He just killed one he person. He just killed one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, like, and literally, like, if 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 he says he did it in a fit of rage or blah 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 blah, maybe he, you know, he he pleads down to manslaughter and mm-hmm. he goes, he, okay, you get eight years in prison because you did this thing, but because of prison overcrowding, you get four, and oh, because you were a good prisoner, you're going to get out in two. It's just, it is, uh, it is not good, and it's just, it, it just surprises me that, like, the outrage wasn't over, hey, uh, they want to kill babies in Virginia. No, it's like, wow, that guy had a, a poor choice of Halloween costume. Well, and what I found even more interesting is up till today, in fact, no Democrat in Washington, D.C., D.C. heard what Northam said. So when you ask Nancy Pelosi, what do you think about Governor Northam's comments on, you know, infanticide? Oh, I didn't hear them. Kamala Harris. Yeah, I, oh, I didn't listen. I, I, I didn't. I didn't hear it. I, I, didn't, I didn't hear listen. it. I, I, really? Yeah. You might want to go out and take a listen because when you all voted against Senator Sass's Born Alive bill, you kind of told us what you thought. <coughs> it's 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 horrifying. It's just horrifying, and and that's that's to me is like the, the, that's a step too far. That's that's where the independence. You don't a, a rational human being. It's like whether you're a Democrat or Republican, you're in the middle. You don't know how you're going to go, but a rational human being is like, hey, so so there's a there's a baby, and it's uh, it's nine months old, and it's it's about to start. It's about to enter the world. Can you kill it? They'd be like, no. Why would you do that? Exactly. So, yeah, that's the crazy part. All right, we're gonna we're coming into the home stretch here. I just I, I want to shine a little bit of uh, light on this for because I'm a silly human being, but like uh, Justin Bieber uh, is married to uh, uh, Haley Haley Bieber from the I think I think what is uh, she's with the Baldwin clan, but now she's Haley Bieber. They were they were they, I think they've been married for thirty seconds, and they just sat down with Vogue magazine to talk about the struggles of marriage and how what? hard marriage is. Yes. Yes, and I, I just 
here's here's the uh, here's the quote. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say it's all a magical fantasy. It's always going to be hard. It's a choice. You don't feel it every single day. You don't wake up every day saying, I'm absolutely so in love and you are perfect. That's not what being married is. But there's something beautiful about it anyway, about wanting to fight for something, commit to building with someone. That's what Haley Bieber said about being married. Like, listen. Get back to me in 30 years. Exactly. They've been married for a a hot minute. I think this is called the honeymoon period, isn't it? Yes. Like, what are you worried about? What are you worried? Are you worried about money? Justin, are we doing okay financially? <laughs> I think we have, I think we're down to one billion. Okay. It, we, it's ahead. the honeymoon period. They're supposed to wake up thrilled every day. Exactly. I can't keep my hands off her. I'm so in love. This is the best. Oh my gosh. Let's, uh, let's pick out some new, whatever. It's, uh, that's just she's, hilarious. She's not and Alec then, and, Baldwin's kid, is she? No, it's not Alex. Oh, okay. Stephen, uh, Stephen Baldwin's. Uh, oh, all right. Kid, but yeah, I, I, that's just funny. Yeah, Justin, Justin, and Haley—they're—they're they're really struggling. They're really struggling with their future. You guys, uh, it's a great show. It was a fun show. I apologize for my cold. I ap- apologize for being run down. I think one day of sleep, like twenty-four hours of of solid sleep. Oh, more good news. Taco Bell's going to deliver. Taco Bell is going to deliver. To you in, right now? No, but oh, like okay. The, the, they, the chain just announced that they're going to start a delivery service. And if you're too lazy to go to Taco Bell, hey, come on, that's the joke. <laughs> really? If, you, if you're so high, you can't make it to Taco Bell? You need to reevaluate some life choices. I was going to say, you I got, haven't eaten Taco Bell since I was about 20. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I love it so much. And I have a secret little menu. There's a dollar menu at Taco Bell. There is a dollar menu at Taco Bell. I totally forgot that. And the last a couple to- couple trips ago, I took a look and I'm like, "What?" And I ordered a couple of things and like, "This is the best value on the planet. This is the best value on planet Earth." It was so delicious. I I I ate like a king and I think I was only, <laughs> I was only down like $3. Nice. Yeah. Like literally, I would or, like now that I'm talking about it, I would have it delivered. <laughs> like, I, started, <laughs> I started this off to make fun of people that have Taco Bell delivered, and as I'm discussing it, I'm like, that sh- that sounds delicious. Right? I, I, think I, I think I might have them call and and deliver it. Okay, <laughs> lots of big happenings uh, next week. The Deplorable Show kicks off. We're in Albany on on uh, Albany. Albany. There you go. Uh, on Friday, New York, or yeah, Albany. It's Albany, Cleveland, and Nashville. Albany, Albany is on the fifteenth, and then there we go to go. Cleveland. I'll get to see my old Ohio friends in Cleveland, and then Nashville. I get to hopefully I can uh, hang out with some uh, old country music folks. But that'll be great. I hope to see you at a deplorable show. Stop. Make sure you go uh, get your tickets because so far they've they've all sold out. Again, another thank you to the uh, to the the Patreons, Ooh, and let's. I love that. I love the way things are going. I have a very optimistic view on the uh, on on the future, and and the website's going great, and the Facebook's blowing up, and the YouTube's blowing up. It's all all good and Albany, and then we'll have another guest for you next week. It's fantastic. You guys are the best. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>